Welcome to our Lead to Succeed podcast, where we share leadership and business growth insights, both from our own experiences and that of our guests. We're the hosts. I'm Rebecca Jenkins, founder of Argen, helping companies to grow by finding, gaining and growing the best clients. And I'm Callum, sharing my perspectives from both being an entrepreneur and working in a variety of different companies. Whether you lead a team or a business, you'll find practical tips, inspirational insights and ideas as we discuss a wide range of leadership topics. So with that, here's today's episode. So welcome everybody. Today I am very excited, well we are very excited because Callum is with me on the podcast today to have Sally Spicer joining us. Now Sally has a senior a lot of experience, 20 years experience specialising in senior finance recruitment markets. And since then, Sally has set up her own business, Scoach, which is where she's very passionate about women taking control of their careers and making, you know, helping them to get where they would like to get with their career. But what attracted me to inviting Sally onto our podcast is that I read a very interesting story about Sally, which she'd posted on LinkedIn. And it was a very personal story about how her career and her life has developed in facing some very challenging times. And it just sort of said true leadership to me. And I thought, oh, there must be plenty of things Sally could share, you could share with our listeners about being a leader, being committed, showing resilience. So a big welcome to you, Sally. Would you just like to do a quick introduction? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for that introduction. It's really a little bit awkward, but it's nice to hear. um, And also to hear that content that you're putting out there on LinkedIn is having an impact. I think, you know, everyone's trying so hard now to work on their personal brand and it is such an important thing. But I think that was probably the most personal thing I've ever written on the platform and it went absolutely crazy. And I think it just goes to show that LinkedIn isn't this kind of stuffy, um, you know, corporate social media, social platform. And it is really about connecting people. So, um, so yeah, so yeah, but yeah, like you said, I've worked in recruitment for 20 years. Um, and then, yeah, last year set up my own um, coaching business to help women. And I don't just coach women, but the vast majority are um, just to realize and reach their potential in their careers. Well, thank you for sharing that introduction, Sally. And just before we get started, just like to say to listeners that we've got a special offer coming up for you at the end of this podcast. So good reasons to hear all of Sally's story and then hear our offer coming up at the end. But I agree with your point about being authentic on LinkedIn, sharing both tips and ideas as well as your personal story. So over to Callum, yeah. the first question. Pleasure to have you on the podcast, Sally. Thanks for, thanks for joining and uh, kicking off into the first question, I'd be kind of interested to, to get your thoughts on this in terms of sort of your, your previous experience working in a couple of different sort of uh, companies and then also leading your own business as well. Um, so either in regards to sort of learning from someone else or your sort of own experience of, of being a leader, what would you say is your like best sort of experience of, of great leadership? Of being led or, or leading, I think probably. Either, either or whatever comes to your mind. Yeah, I think it's interesting because in terms of being led, I think you do have different um, connections with different leaders that you work with. And I think some of it actually comes down to personality and whether you're the same kind of personality traits or you've got, you know, common interests. It isn't just necessarily about who is leading you, if that makes sense. But I think the people who I have um, 
developed most from and gained the most from have been the ones who are not afraid to make mistakes and not afraid to take those risks and say, we're going to try this. Are you on the ride with us? Um, you know, or are you on the ride with me? And I almost not giving you the option, but saying, look, you know, come on, this is going to be a risk, but I've done this research and this is what we can do. And someone who's very energetic with that. And I think probably because I'm less risk adverse, I think I buy into those kind of leadership styles more. And I probably do that with my leadership style, actually. I'm a little bit like, come on, let's just try something new. Because I think it's really important. And having worked in the same industry for 20 years, it has evolved so much during that time. I think as leaders, we have to constantly evolve and develop and grow ourselves in order to remain current and, yeah, be at the top of our games, essentially. Awesome. Do you have like a particular example of, of someone you worked with who was sort of like really energetic and kind of encouraged you to come on a particular journey with them? And that, that you want Absolutely. To the most incredible guy called Anton Rowe. You'll find him on LinkedIn. He is, he's great with his personal brands. He actually left the company that I work for now. It's gone and set up over in Australia. Um, he followed a love, which I think is just such a romantic story. But what I loved about him was that he was trying to be, he was trying to do something new. He had a very kind of, um, kind of psychological view on things he was always looking at the psychology of what made people tick around the mindset and how we could best engage with our clients and our candidates to get a decent result for them and I think because you know and that's probably goes hand in hand with my coaching business now I'm naturally interested in, in the psychology and in mindset and in terms of performance um I think yeah I really kind of yeah, really enjoyed working for him so do you think that sort of psychology side of things like ties in as well within the team like having a bit of a vision having a like kind of emotional plan from the rest of the team do you think that's a big part of sort of leadership as well absolutely and there's a session that I do actually both internally at my company but I also do it as a consultant for other people's companies called team vision and values and it essentially takes a team working you know as they normally would together to think right what do we want to be known for what are because everyone's got their individual values and I don't think we ask each other enough what those values are so what makes other people tick I think they're quite insular in that regard so yeah the session I do is a couple of hour session and it basically asks everyone to be quite vulnerable and to talk about what you know makes them what makes them tick what their values are then coming together and figuring out cohesively as a team what values that they want to have as you know as a team and how they're going to best display those also things like um Clive Woodward um Woodward he um, talked in his kind of performance management all around um, teamship rules and actually as a team what do we want our rules to be what do we think is acceptable what do we think you know if such and such is turning up late five days a week what impact does that have on the rest of the team or you know displaying certain attitudes or behaviors I think once you get that all out on the table and as a team you work out what is acceptable to you um it, it really creates a more kind of cohesive working relationship and, you know, throughout the team. I agree with that, Sally, and I'm a very big um, supporter of having your values very clearly defined in a business and then understanding what are the behaviours that support those values. What do you think, Sally, what have been some big leadership challenges that you have faced in setting up and growing your business? And It'd be nice to kind of really share some authenticity and openness around that and how you've dealt with that so that you could provide some advice to our listeners who may be facing similar challenges. 
I think it's really that's a really interesting point because I think in terms of the leadership style that I've got now, which is probably completely different to what it was five years ago and completely different to what it was 10 years ago. And I think sometimes you can be a real product of your own environment. And so, for example, when I first started in my career, I worked for a big American corporate company. It was really KPI driven. You know, we were quite aggressive. And even as a, you know, a office of women, we displayed some really typically alpha male quality and you know behaviors because of that's what fit and that's what you know that if you if you display those qualities and you're really really aggressive and you're really um competitive um you were really rewarded for that um both financially and kind of you know and in terms of your accolade and then when i moved to barclay mead it was a much smaller boutique style um agency and very quickly you had to change you know because you you know you're stuck out like a sore thumb if you behave like that and, and so what was acceptable then was absolutely not acceptable with Barclay Mead so I think I've definitely softened I hope I think I've really softened I think I've still got this kind of grit but I know when to kind of hold my tongue now um and yes I think it's just adapting I think is probably and you know I'm sure one of the questions you've been asking me is you know what do you think of good leaders should be able to do and I think it's absolutely adapting to, to the environment that you're in and the people that you are trying to lead because leadership is not a given I think it's absolutely something that needs to be um you know gained over and gained with respect over time so um so yeah hopefully that answers your question yeah I think it, it does answer it very well so having that adaptability is important adapting it to the situation that you're in and that you're leading what would you say comes um, next? What other uh, uh, key attributes for leadership would you say? I absolutely think authenticity, because I think in any leadership role, you can't not be yourself for 40 hours a week. You know, when their chips are down and when, you know, you are overcoming challenges, which we all have to do in our sometimes daily, weekly, monthly, yearly lives at work, um, if you are authentic to yourself and actually do do more work on your own development or do as much work on your own development as you do your teams, um, I think that absolutely plays dividends because when the chips are down and the times are tough and if you're reverting to something that isn't what you're trying to be as a leader and you're not being authentic, I think it all falls apart. Do you think when you were working in the American organisation, you were or were not authentic? I think I was authentic to myself at the time. Because I think actually, I you know, I actually, aspects of that business, I absolutely thrived in. I feel like I got such a huge amount of training and learning and developing from them. But then I think probably I wasn't, I was more of a manager in that business than I was a leader, I would say. Um, and I th also think it was a different, you know, if you think 20 years ago when I first started, it was a very different world. It was a very different you know, I think people treated their careers differently to what they do now. If you're coming in as an entry level, you know, um, I think, you know, potentially we took things a little bit more seriously and we were expected to work all the hours and do this. But, you know, now managing teams of who I was back then, I know that lots of different things drive the individuals that I work with. And so I've got to be really, really mindful of that. I'd, I'd like to just press you on a situation. Maybe you could share a real situation with us, Sally, where you have been up against it from a leadership perspective and it's pushed your resilience it's pushed your determination i mean and, and what have you learned from that um i think working in recruitment your resilience is tested quite a lot because it is 
is I would say it's quite a relentless job. I love it, don't get me wrong, but I think it's quite relentless. I think when the pandemic hit and some of the team were furloughed and we were all working away, working at home, I was trying, maybe successfully, maybe not, you'd probably have to ask my team to try and show as much resilience and drive and dig deep every single day as much as I could in order to generate the sales, in order to generate the revenue, in order to get the kind of team back. Um, and it was, I, and I'm doing that for such a long period of time, I think I burnt myself out doing it. So I think you can't all, you know, although you're trying to show resilience and really, really dig deep, I do think there comes to the point where everyone sadly does break. And I think, yeah, it was just, it, so I think, yeah, in answer to your question, it's probably during that time where I didn't realise I'd break and I did. And did you share that openly with your team? Yeah, yeah, I did. I don't think probably straight away, but I think, you know, we probably got over a blip and then I thought I'm going to have to, not have to but I think no I absolutely did share and one of the um one of the ladies on my team we've worked together for 10 years so we're like we call each other the work wives um so yeah we're really kind of in tune with each other and equally she you know she had a really really tough time as well at the same time she was running a contract desk which is um really really stressful during the pandemic so yeah I think but I think the learning from that is that I probably didn't think I could break because I think I am quite a resilient person and the fact that I did made me think okay yeah I'm going to take that on board and maybe actually put some different controls in so it doesn't happen again. And what are those controls that you've put in place that might be practical tips and ideas to help others? I think although I've always been quite interested in I mean a lot of self-development um, but wellness and well-being I don't think I put a big enough emphasis on that in terms of my daily life. I you know I would always be out exercising running going to the gym doing all that because I enjoyed it I don't think I really anticipated or took on board how important it was for my mental health um so yeah I, you know just really doing a lot of things like that and also you know having three children and some of them I was a single parent for quite a few years I didn't really think I needed my sleep I just thought you know I'd wake up you know I didn't really think I needed sleep whereas now I have a much better sleep I think I take care of myself a lot more now than I than I did before because I think I need I need to be mentally strong and in order to do that I need to put all these other measures in in my life and don't get me wrong I still love having fun at the weekend you know let my hair down I still love dinner all of those things but I know to be on my A game and to feel really good and to be there for others, I need to kind of put myself first as well. Very true, yeah, you've definitely, definitely got to take care of yourself as well. There was one thing, you mentioned this, Sally, uh, going back a few minutes, so I'd like to sort of turn to the next question. You said uh, in like your previous role, you felt you were more like a manager as opposed to, to a leader. Mm. So how would you feel your sort of leadership or management style has, has changed from back then to now? Um, would you say that's... Is there any particular sort of leadership challenge you face kind of in line with that in your current role? I think that's an interesting question because I think at times in my current job, I'm still just a manager and, and that's not a, a bad thing, but I think I do go from leader to manager. Um, and I think that's because in my recruitment job, I'm actually still doing the job. So part of my role is still recruiting, if that makes any sense. So I do feel like I have to put the different hats on um, at different times, even to kind of throughout my working week. But in terms of the leadership piece, I've got a vision or I do have a vision of, or I did have a vision when I was making that, when I was making that transition of what 
I wanted the team to look like and how you know I, having had the experience I have and I think sometimes leadership does come with experience whether that be in a, in a specific industry or a field it's saying I've got all this experience over all these years you may have only been in this industry or this business for a couple of years but I can tell you and show you what it looks like when it's fixed and what it looks like what we're trying to get to and seeing a more kind of strategic view of the market potentially um but yeah I think you know I think it's quite easy to slip back into that kind of you know that management shoes as well what would you say are the sort of main um the the main differences between someone who is more of a manager and a more of a leader is something that we've discussed several times on, on our podcast and there's kind of you know not said that one is better than the other but I think they have there's different traits between these two roles what what I'd be curious to get your opinion on that I think sometimes in terms of leader, if you're comparing leadership to management, I think it's more even a perception. It's not even what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. It's not what role you're doing. I think a true leader is someone, whether they want the label of not or not, um, is a role model. And it's someone who is displaying all of those qualities that they, they want to be and to get the best out of other people. And I think that's the difference. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's almost a kind of persona as opposed to a role you're doing or a task you're doing. Mm. I and I nice. also think it's taking everything into consideration as everyone's thoughts, as everyone's feelings. You know, it's the, you know, the strategic vision of the business or it's a particular initiative that you've asked to get involved in. I think being a true leader looks at everything and considers everything before making that kind of decision and, and moving and trying to move things forward. Oh, yeah, I think it's a, a very nice way to summarize it. Yeah. We hear quite often, and I I think this is a nice way to look at it, and you've touched on it as well, it's, it's helping others to flourish. Mm-hmm. It's helping others to be the best version of themselves. And a leader really helps to bring that out in people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's something you've kind of alluded to and what you've said. Yeah, I like to think of it as like a guiding light. Do you know what I mean? It's not like an egotistical thing that you say, oh, I'm yeah. a leader, you know, well, follow me, I'm a leader. It's more exactly. like, right. Yeah, I think it's built on trust. I think it is built on trust and absolutely wanting the best for everyone in that yeah. situation. Um, yeah, I do think that's what true leadership is. It's leaving your ego at the door. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, well, this is the thing because the ego will, you know, as soon as the chips are down, like I'm saying, and, you know, your resilience is tested. You know, your ego is not going to get you through. It's the team. It's the team that's going to help you to, you know, get things kind of back on track. And that means the trust, doesn't it, on everything that you've done before that point to to get you through it. Yeah, absolutely. You you mentioned just now about your own um, development. And every person who's been on this podcast says that leaders continue to learn. What is it that you're doing to, to kind of embrace that? I think this is where the kind of coaching business is born from, if I'm being honest, because I'm, I am just fascinated. I just think there's always something that we can be doing to develop ourselves, whether that be, I don't know, a short course or reading a book or listening to an audio, you know, listening to something. To, I mean, I'm like addicted. Well, I'm addicted to podcasts. So when you like said, oh, do you want to come on my podcast? Like, absolutely. And I create, obviously, um, content for LinkedIn and around, around kind of personal stories and people um, developing themselves and their careers. I'm a strong believer in pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And I think part of that comes from being probably quite competitive in myself. So I'm not competing against anyone else, but I'm competing against myself. But also I've got a really, really low boredom threshold, really low boredom threshold. So 
I have to be doing something new. And if I'm not, um, I just, I really, really lose interest in it. So, um, which I think is probably one um, suited to sales because there's always a new you know, conversation you could be having or a new develop relationship you could be developing from, but in terms of me, I need to be knowing that, um, and I'm just a bit of a geek at heart, I just love learning new stuff. Well, that constant learning um, has been a common theme and great to see that you're embracing that as well. And I think reading books and listening to podcasts are a great way to get new ideas. And that's what we try to do on this podcast as well, as sharing those personal stories of yours to help others get some insights on new ideas of things that, that they could apply. Yeah. What would be three practical tips that you would like to share with others maybe they're stepping into a leadership role um, or they're already a leader and they want to improve what they do what would you say would be three practical pieces of advice I think number one be yourself so absolutely be authentic and ask and ask for help I think any anyone in any role regardless of level regardless of title needs help needs help to do something they absolutely can't do it on their own um, I think getting a mentor or a coach is a fantastic investment. It doesn't even have to be a monetary investment, especially kind of mentorship as opposed to kind of formal coaching. But it really does drive it really does drive you to be better, I think, and to really kind of question what you're doing. Um, and also just don't be afraid to fail. I think a lot of the work that I do from a coaching perspective, whether that be internally um, or through my coaching business, the thing that most told people that the, mo the, mo the thing that holds people back the most is fear of failure and one and worrying that they are going to do something or put themselves out there and they're going to fail and I think probably that I wouldn't be the person I am now I wouldn't be the leader I am now the manager I am now if I hadn't failed like a thousand things um so just really switching your mindset around failure and seeing it as a learning as opposed to you know something that you should be ashamed of um because I think you, you know you never make the same mistake twice, do you? And if you do, then that is just silly. <laughs> but yeah, you don't, but you don't make and then this is you know what I say to my newbies who come in and I'm training them and they beat themselves up about a mistake. I'm like, don't worry about it. Like these things happen, but you won't do it again. You you learn more from your failures and failures than you do successes, I think. Sure, I think there's a great piece of advice. But the only thing I would, I would like to ask really sadly, I think you know, something that we hear quite a lot is, is you know, get a mentor or have someone you can learn from and sort of um, develop with. What, what do you think is the best way about going about trying to trying to find a mentor? Do you think it's sort of the personal connections you have within your, your network or do you think it's just kind of literally going out and asking different people? Like I think it's something that we hear quite a lot. I'd just be interested to get your thoughts on how you suggest doing it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of the power of networking and networking, again, can seem quite overwhelming to some people, but it is literally just like having a conversation. So when you mm. sent me a message, you'd seen something on LinkedIn, you resonated with it, Rebecca, sent me a message. I'm like, yeah, okay, you know what? Yeah, I'm more than happy. You either get a yes or a no. People don't mind being asked. They absolutely don't mind being asked. And it is, it's all about the power of networking. And, and you will might find as well, so this is what I've learned from, my, from setting up Scoach, is that you will get have different mentors for different things. So one guy I know I can call on if I need some legal advice. One, you know, I can call on if I need some finance advice. Um, there's lots of different things. It doesn't have to be one. It doesn't have to be one relationship. Just I like to say it like creating your own boardroom. So your own boardroom of your career. Who would you go for for those bits of advice? Who would you sit around that boardroom? And what networks can you kind of tap into to create that boardroom, that boardroom table, essentially? 
I think it's a very good piece of advice. I'm pretty sure that's in, uh, I can't remember the name of the book, but I'm pretty sure that's in quite a famous book somewhere. Isn't it? It's like having a mental uh, like board of different advisors you would go to and like what would they say depending on the certain problem that you're facing. Yeah, and equally, I think you very you'll very quickly become someone else's mentor for a certain subject. You know, we can't know everything about everything, so um, it's, yeah, it's important to ask questions. And also, from a time efficiency perspective, if you can get the the, the answer to the question you've got quickly from someone else, then just go and do it. It's only going to take like twenty minutes or something. Uh, we love to ask this next question because it always kind of positions what you've learned over the last twenty years since you've been uh, doing what you've been doing so what advice would you give to your younger self uh, um, on what you know now that would help you to make progress faster oh that's a, that's a really good question what advice would I give to my younger self don't just don't worry just don't worry about anything you know I think we all get anxious and we get anxiety at certain points of our lives we always you know when we're pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone I think I probably spent too much time early on in my career worrying about what the outcome was going to be rather than just going for it and I think you only really progress both emotionally you know and in terms of your career if you do push through those barriers and get uncomfortable with being get comfortable with being uncomfortable because you know the next time you go around to do something whether it be public speaking or networking or you know learning a new skill the more you do it it's like muscle memory isn't it the more you do it the easier it's going to become to go yeah okay I'll go and try that new so now where I'm in the position I am now if someone says oh do you want to come and do this course or learn about this I'm I just dive straight in as opposed to worrying about what the outcome is going to be so yes I think worry less is definitely my mantra Worry less and take the action because we all learn from the action that we take. Yeah, absolutely. And it's never as bad as we think it might be never on most bad. occasions. <laughs> Honestly, it's never as bad. Even this morning I woke up because I've got this week and then I'm off for a week. Even this morning I woke up like, oh, I've got so much to do. And as soon as I'm logged on, I feel absolutely fine. So I think those feelings of anxiety, they never go away. But the more work you do, the more you can control them. And I think it's that control, which is why I want people to take control of their careers. It's that control that gives you the freedom to then go and do something else. Do you think that's also a controlling mindset? I mean, I think controlling mindset gives the wrong connotations, but managing your mindset yeah. and seeing things, if you're going to see things in a negative way, you also need to see them in a positive way. Yeah, absolutely. And question every, you know, question the anxiety, those feelings, whatever's triggering you, question what they are, because it is just your mind going on this negative loop. You, you need to break that cycle and you can absolutely do that. And that is all, yeah, all about kind of positive mindset and growth mindset and positive affirmations. The reason those things work is because your brain doesn't know whether it's fact or fiction. And that's why you've got to, you've got to change your narrative and how you talk to yourself and also how you talk to others. If you're working in a team that is would negative, you know, you need to be the change. You're the one who could make the change and, and create a much more positive environment. It's like that saying you know I hate being stuck in traffic like you are the traffic you are the traffic so if you're you know not enjoying the, you know you, you feel like you're in a toxic work relationship or the you know, environment you are the environment so make the change and be that person who's going to make the change that's uh I like that advice it reminds me of the phrase be the change you want to see in others yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah I completely agree with that so we're going to come on into a minute into the opportunity for you to just share 
something that you're excited about, something that's happening that you'd like to share with our listeners. It's our opportunity to say thank you, Sally, for being on the podcast and share something that's happening in your world. Before we do that, though, I'd just like to um, mention the offer that we have for listeners. And it it reflects on some of the things that you've talked about. And you had no idea what the offer um, was yeah. going to be, but it does reflect on some of this conversation. So if there's anybody listening to this who would like to have a completely free one-to-one um, business consultation with me about leadership or about growing a business, simply go to rjen, R-J-E-N dot online and just book a free consulting session. So that leads in very nicely with what you were saying about mentoring and coaching and getting external um, support and advice. Mm-hmm. But Sally, over to you if you'd like to share something um, about what's happening in your world that you think our listeners might um, would be interested in hearing about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you are interested in kind of self-development, if you are interested in taking that next step in your career and you're worried about how to do that and you can kind of resonate with those feelings of anxiety or these feelings of goodness, I don't feel like I'm in control or I want to be back in control. And that could be for any reason. um, Then do reach out. We're launching a membership that is going to be launched in October. So we haven't got long. I'm going to have a week off and then I'm going to get my head right into it. We've got loads of content and it's around essentially self-development. So really kind of developing, you know, anything from having difficult conversations at work or, you know, how am I going to go from that promotion or, you know, how can I learn about different personality styles in the workplace and how I can improve my networking or my LinkedIn, anything around the kind of career piece. We also work with a huge amount of women within Scoach who are setting up their own businesses. So whether that be a side hustle or they're they're leading the corporate world and they're taking that plunge into setting up their own businesses. And that's all wrapped together all around wellness and wellness at work and your own your own wellness and so we've got three pillars that we're going to be taking to our memberships if anyone's interested um just have a little look at scoach.uk and you can join the membership waitlist thank you sally that sounds amazing and brilliant for for anybody who wants to develop their career or stepping outside and launching their own business so sounds very good oh fantastic well thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it Thank you, Sally. Thanks very much for sharing your insights and experiences with us. Yeah, awesome. It's been a pleasure having you on the, on the podcast, Sally. Thanks very much for everything you've shared. Oh, thank uh, you. Wish all the best moving forward. Yeah, and yes. yes, let's definitely stay in touch. Yes, let's do. Thanks, thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear how this podcast has impacted your leadership. And if any of these concepts resonate with you and you'd like to find out more about leadership and business growth, go to the RGEN website, rjen.co.uk.